Welcome back. You're listening to the One Two Three Show this afternoon with me, Karen Co. It's eight minutes past two. We just heard um, who are they? Salt and Pepper with "Let's Talk About Sex," and actually, that's exactly what we're going to do now on our Frisky Friday segment. We're talking about dating and sex etiquette with Valentina Tudos, a dating and relationship coach and founder of Happy Ever After. Welcome to the program, Valentina. Hi, Karen. Lovely to be back. Yeah, it's great to see you. So. The reason I wanted to talk about this is, you know, I'm not dating anymore. I've been married for many, many years. But it seems like modern dating and sex is fraught with potential mistakes, misunderstandings, awkward moments. And um, I thought it'd be good to really kind of talk about all these possible things that may happen and how people can, can manage them. So, you know, in the olden days, when you used to be, you met someone in real life, and then maybe you exchanged your landline telephone numbers because we didn't oh, yeah. have mobile phones back then. And then it went from there. you like either you call them or they call you and then you, you make a date. Maybe your parents like, picked up. Your parents picked up, exactly. <laughs> and then the biggest thing you had to worry about is why hasn't he called yet? You know, mm. Why hasn't he called? And that's about it. But dating today seems so much more complicated. Well, supposedly the technology that makes dating so easy um, should mean that we have you know, potential dates, infinite potential dates at literally the swipe of a finger, at the tip of our finger. Now, of course, this comes with a lot of complication, as you said, right? Because the whole world has become like a Lang Kwai Fong. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are, of course, a lot of issues that come from this availability of casual sex or the opportunity for casual sex. And as you said, I'm a dating coach, I'm a relationship coach, so I work with people who are struggling with this. And it's not really an age thing. You said, you know, you've been married for a long time. I have a lot of clients in our age group who haven't dated for 20 years and suddenly they look around going, oh my God, what, am I, I, what am I supposed to do with I this? Do this? Yeah. Yes. Um, so what I tend to focus on is really helping people get clarity on what they want out of this dating thing. Okay. Because if you don't really know, or if you go into this world on this scene with expectations that everything is going to be like in the old days, you know, he's going to call, we're going to go on a couple of dates and everything is going to kind of naturally lead to an exclusive relationship. We're going to, you know, go on what I call the relationship escalator. Okay. You know, you start dating. Like you decide to be exclusive, you maybe get engaged, you need to get married, and then basically you're heading towards a pretty short divorce. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of a, a pre, it, it used to be a preset path. Mm. I don't think that path is as clear anymore. And this is what people are struggling with. Right. So, so people now may date with no intention of having a relationship. It's just, no. I just want to hang out with you and maybe have sex with you and have fun. And there's no obligation that this, there is a future there. No, right. what I call recreational dating. Recreational dating, I love that. Um, when I say this, people think, oh, do you mean, you know, that means you're sleeping around? It's like, no, it means that you're actually dating for fun and with the purpose of actually learning something about dating. Because, you know, I think we talked in some of our previous um, connections yes. about the fact that we don't really get educated on relationship skills. True. There's no class. There's no class. There's no college. Although I have to say last week I've been doing school classes oh, that's great. like in international schools in Hong Kong. They've started or at least I've been invited a couple of times to educate 15 year olds about the dating etiquette, what's important in relationships. Anyway, side story. Um, but for adults who are currently sort of struggling with this world, um, there are a few simple rules. 
if you have a clear objective of casual dating, then you really need to adjust your expectations to what that really means, right? And really it's about having boundaries for me, right? Knowing, okay, if somebody you match with on Tinder opens the conversation with, I don't know, your place or mine. Mm. It is entirely up to you if you continue that conversation or not. If you even entertain the idea that this might actually lead to a hookup. Because it depends on your goal. If you're on Tinder to find someone to spend an evening with, um, then great, right? Objective met. As long as you're both there for the same reason. Exactly. As, As long as every relationship is like in a rowing boat together, right? If you're rowing in the same direction, you're gonna get somewhere. If you're one going towards, oh, I want an exclusive relationship, I want to be taken out, and I want to be wined and dined and kind of gently and gentlemanly taking to bed (laughs) eventually. Ultimately, you know, I think all human romantic relationships are about sex. Since we said we're talking about sex, right? Yes. Sex is a, it's just like eating. We can't really live without it. For me, it's the same. So I don't really understand why people can't talk about sex. It's the same as saying to someone, let's go have Chinese. And if I say, no, I don't want to have Chinese because I don't like Chinese food, it's fine. So if yeah. someone says, hey, let's have a one night stand. And if I don't want to have a one night stand, I'm going to say, okay to say that. no. Mm. Or, but you think people don't actually say that? They just sort of, no. like, I'm not sure what we're doing tonight. Well, the best see. example is um, a lot of my clients are only matching, for example, on Bumble or on Tinder with people who say, I'm looking for a relationship. And then they're very disappointed when that person says, yeah, I mean, in general, I'm looking for a relationship, but I don't want to have a relationship with you. But that particular detail in the profile creates an expectation, which that person can never really uphold 100% because ultimately the purpose of dating is to decide if you're good for each other. Right, to get to know each other. Yeah, Yeah. and you may be okay to hang out with, to spend some time, to maybe have some fun sexual encounters, but it doesn't make you necessarily you know, uh, marriage material. Mm. And I love, I don't know, you you know about Esther Perel. We talked about Esther Perel before. Esther Perel says, you know, in the old days, like a couple of generations ago, people would get married to have sex with only one person. Now, when we get married, we stop having sex with other people. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> everything has been a bit it's reversed. Opposite, exactly. Um, well, not truly. There's plenty of people who still have yes, who still have sex with other people, but another story for another day. So, um, so what about some of the behaviours that we have now that we we didn't have in the past? For example, sending nude pictures or asking for nudes. When is it is it okay to ever do that? Is it when is it okay to do that? Well, another interesting question that I discuss with 15-year-olds, right? Um, for 15-year-olds, obviously, it's illegal to right. to have that. But between two consenting adults who are engaged in some sort of sexual relationship, whether the actual physical act has been consummated or not, it's part of the foreplay, mm-hmm. right? And it's up to you. Again, it's about your boundaries and your where do you want to draw the line in that relationship? Because... The whole point of flirting is to generate sexual tension, right? Otherwise, you're just going to be best friends and you're going to go for dinner. For me, the difference between having a best friend that you hang out with and a partner is really if you are in that space of um, having a common vision and common values and uh, interests, you're essentially going to be best friends. Except that you also have this tension, uh, this sexual, sexual tension, <laughs> attraction or chemistry. So, 
it really is up to the individual person. Now, of course, we are very visual. We live in a very visual world. Everything is assaulting our brains. You know, most people can't imagine having sex without pornography. Mm. Um, so we've kind of been conditioned by our world to receive images of the human body to generate sexual arousal. So again, it's up to you if you want to make it explicit or you want to make it mysterious or if you want to actually just show a part of your boob, for right. example, because actually what you don't show is really it's, what yeah. stimulates the imagination. The imagination, exactly. Yes, I said last in last week's segment that the brain is the biggest sex organ, right? It is. Yeah. It, best sex is between your ears, not between your legs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, there is one aspect to that, though, the, that's kind of offensive, which is the unsolicited penis mm -hmm. picture. Yes. Why do guys do that? Um, I think there is a certain desire to shock and also to test your limits, you know, and again, I don't think any woman has uh, asked for that kind of picture yeah. many times. I mean, of course, when you are in a relationship with someone ask, yeah. you and you are in the process of sexting, you kind of go, okay, let's, let's go lower, yes, <laughs> you yes. know, but that's a different story because it's part of a slow reveal. You know, it's like taking someone's clothes off. Eventually you're going to take their pants off as well. Right, right. <laughs> right. So you will see, you will come to that part of their anatomy, which in a sexual contest is interesting. The problem with those pictures is that they're so out of context. It's as if literally someone is flashing you mm. in the street. To yeah. me, the, the sending an unsolicited penis picture is literally like someone opens their coat and they show you their genitals. Yes, and you go, oh. Which is like, yeah. wait a minute. Like we were talking about, I don't know, where to go for dinner. And then suddenly you're literally taking your pants off in front of me. Um, so yeah, that's a no. So I guess a good rule there is if you wouldn't do it in real life, don't do it virtually. Exactly. Right. and. It's, I mean, first of all, wait until you have a certain rapport with that person, until your relationship has gotten to that point, because otherwise it's going to be offensive. And we, you know, in the beginning, let's say we've you've never met someone in person. You don't know how sensitive they are. You don't really know um, their background. You know, what if someone has been, let's say, abused mm. and that can actually cause them a traumatic memory or, you know, remember, uh, remind them of, of a time when they actually were let's say, sexually assaulted. So that can be way worse than just, you know, okay, I'll dismiss this picture, I'll delete it, whatever. Not to mention that you might delete, uh, receive one of those when you're in a meeting and suddenly right, it pops yes, up on your screen, which is good, yeah. Yeah, not great for you. Okay, so let's say you go on the date, it's all going well, it seems pretty obvious that the, the both of you want to have sex. When do you bring up stuff like your sexual health history? That's not a romantic <laughs> thing to talk about, you know. I mean, and you know, do people just not discuss it? And because in the heat of the moment, they're just like, I don't want to talk about this. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't think that people say, oh, by the way, how many partners you've had? It's not, it's not a, actually, I'm very surprised to see how many guys are asking that question. Oh, really? Uh, a lot of my clients say, oh, yeah, you know, another guy asked me how many partners I've had. And I don't know what to say because, of course, this brings on all sorts of limiting beliefs around, okay, well, if I say it's more than 10, does that make me a slut? Right. And, you know, if I say less than two, does it, he will he think that I'm too inexperienced and he's not going to want to take it to the next level, whatever. Um, I don't think that is the right question, of course, um, because you don't want to make any judgments on that person. But discussing the possibility of sex, I think, is really important. Now, on a first date, unless you have super high chemistry and you think you're going to end up in bed, it's going to be really awkward to have that conversation. Mm. So if 
um, first dates end up in, in sexual encounters, they tend to be a lot more driven by the passion and the heat of the moment. So a lot of mistakes, so to speak, happen in that moment because people forget about condoms. Right. People don't talk about, well, hang on a minute, you know, like, okay, maybe I'm not going to have oral without a condom or is oral okay without or, yes. you know, where where do we actually draw the line? Um, so if you are deliberately moving towards sex, so if you're taking it a little bit slower and let's say you've been on three dates and the conversation maybe at the date, between the dates, starts to get more towards, okay, well, let's, we're going to do the deed mm -hmm. next time. <laughs> um, I usually recommend to my clients that they talk about this explicitly before the date, as in, you know, it can be actually a very interesting and um, uh, it can be creating anticipation, which for me, especially for women, is definitely part of the foreplay. Right, you yes. don't have to wait until you meet and you kiss the first time to start the foreplay, because to me, arousal is so mental, as mm -hmm. we said, it's all in the head. So. Um, I encourage my clients to talk about likes and dislikes, you know, what are the boundaries in bed? You know, I do this, but I don't do that. That's way too much. That's like I've never tried, but I'm curious because you can actually create the whole setup, um, yeah. the whole story. And then you can say, you know, well, um, protection is a must for me. Right. I will never say no. And then you can discuss about this. Is, is oral okay with that protection or not okay? You know, again, boundaries yeah. and being able to say no to things that don't make you happy. Because if you let that go and you suddenly in that moment naked and the guy says, uh, I don't have any condoms, right. most women will say, well, I can't exactly put my clothes on and leave. Yeah. Although that is the smart thing to do. I was going to ask you that, like, if you're in that situation, should one of you go out and buy them? Absolutely. I mean, or simply say, look, to me, sex is not about penetration. Right. And the penetration is the problem. Right. You can have sex without actually having your genitals touch. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. it can be amazingly satisfying Sensual sex, and, right? Yes. Sensual and connected and all that. Ultimately, you know, penis and vagina is just one of the endless opportunities that you have when you're actually uh, engaged in sexual behavior with someone. So I have a very simple rule. No condom, no penetration. It doesn't mean we have to get dressed and leave. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean anybody has to kind of stop in the middle of what we're doing and kind of run off to 7-Eleven and bring some condoms. There's lots of other opportunities. But there are, I think, a lot of um, expectations and misconceptions around this in our world that people say, oh, but, you know, we didn't actually have sex. It's like, what do you mean you didn't have sex? Like, yeah. well, I had three orgasms, but we didn't have sex. Right. Like, that counts. <laughs> so it's that some of that is the problem with our definition of what is of sex, course. right? And I mean, expectations that yeah. we have. Um, so if you have very clear boundaries, if you know exactly where you draw the line, I don't think it's a problem. But I know a lot of women, for example, also worry about bringing up protection, weirdly, because they say, oh, what if he says that I'm sleeping around, right. which is why I'm asking for condoms. And I'm like, no, like if someone says to me, oh, I never use condoms. I'm like, in that case, you are absolutely not getting anywhere near me. Right, right. Because right. it means you are a walking, talking you know, bag of potential uh, STIs. Yeah. I mean, no offense to the person, because you can't, you know, you can't just look at someone's genitals and go, yeah, okay, they're clean. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't exactly. work that way. And, and people maybe lie as well, you know, they, they yeah, they I may mean, not tell you're the not truth, really, 
But it's the point is you don't know. Mm. If you I even um someone asked me, you know, if I have unprotected sex, unprotected sex, when do I need to go and have a checkup? And I've asked my my gynecologist and she said you have to wait 2 weeks oh, because okay. it takes that long for, you know, like um, STIs to actually incubate. some of them they take a while. So if you go the next day, you don't really you're not able to see anything. So if you know other times people say oh i can show you my um you know Test my results. sti results like from when well 3 months ago 6 months ago i was like dude how many people have you actually slept with in <laughs> the last 6 months the fact that you didn't have anything 3 months ago like Doesn't literally the only time you would actually mean anything is if you've had an, uh, an STI test and then you've been like in prison or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I know for sure that you haven't really had an opportunity to sleep with someone and not that I'm mistrustful, but I think my sexual health is my responsibility True. and I need to take responsibility for that and that's yeah. what I educate my clients yeah. on as well. Okay, so here's a couple of other things. Um first time sex with someone is not always wonderful because you don't know each other you don't know each other's bodies you don't want know what each other likes how do you manage those expectations because often there's a huge you know mental build up of this is going to be mind blowing it's going to be fantastic <laughs> and then it turns out like yeah wasn't that great <laughs> it's kind of meh <laughs> right well that's why i was saying about um building anticipation and talking about it because if you just kind of feel you know sometimes when we meet someone that we're attracted to you know this lust that we all feel sometimes it's just like wow um we think oh my god this is going to be perfect but actually your sexual style and this idea of sexual compatibility is a real thing right so what if um let's say if for a woman oral sex is a must okay uh, because you know most you people know receiving it or giving yeah. it receiving. receiving okay because you know for example um i don't know if many people know this but 70% of women actually do not have an orgasm through penetration right, right? so yes. they require direct clitoral stimulation so if you are used your body is used to receive oral sex to to get to that point then if you don't talk about it you may have this expectation that anybody who comes near you would know this but mm. actually some people don't some people have had experiences with a lot of women who do not like oral sex so they may make the assumption that well she doesn't want to be touched there because there's a lot of right. fear of intimacy even last night i was coaching someone on how to discuss with their partner that he would like to give her more oral sex but she's completely like no don't touch me there okay. and he was like i don't know how to do this but she wants me to marry her but i don't want to be in a relationship with someone who never wants to receive oral sex right. So um it is very very important that you have these conversations with your partner not necessarily there there and then you know kind of going all right where's my <laughs> where's my head <laughs> but um it is important that you kind of align a little bit i feel you know and you don't have to be explicit you don't have to be prescriptive you don't have to say if this doesn't happens i usually have this kind of cute way of bringing it up which i also recommend to my clients i i say you know my favorite hashtag is she comes first ah oh, that's for nice. example yeah. and it's kind of a it makes cute it way fun and light exactly yeah. so you bring hashtags it's kind of social media but also it means that i am my priority when it comes to sex mm -hmm. the other part that i think is really important to mention is that actually sex does not have to be about orgasm mm -hmm. there is this huge expectation that oh well we had sex but neither of us had an orgasm so it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't that good it wasn't, or it wasn't real yeah. and 
you would be amazed to hear how many men are super, super stressed about this, about being able to give their partner an orgasm mm -hmm. and then about their own orgasm. Because if they're thinking, oh, I don't want to come too fast, then they actually block themselves and then it takes hours. <laughs> it takes hours and then they come, oh my God, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. So what that means is that, first of all, they're disconnected from the experience, that they're no longer focusing on their partner, which to me is another deal breaker. Like if you're not a generous lover, if you're not paying attention to the pleasure that you're giving your partner, it doesn't matter if it's a one night stand or, you know, a long term relationship. To me, the point of sex is connection mm. is experiencing this amazing thing together is not about orgasm. If we're so goal oriented in everything that we do, because performance is such a big right. thing. To me, sex is not performance. It's not a show. We're not putting a show for the other person. Yeah. But that puts a lot of stress on people. Yeah, so they're, yeah, they're all focused on the destination and not enjoying the journey. The journey. Yeah. Exactly. One more thing before we go. Um, just a little bit of etiquette about staying the night and the morning after. <laughs> well, um, it really depends on the stage of the relationship. I mean, it depends on the setup as well. So if, for example, you are having this amazing first date, which completely naturally leads to, you know, uh, amazing connection, it's going to be really weird if you kind of, okay, Dan, thank you very much, put your clothes on and leave. Now, you can manage that if you really must, because I know a lot of people, for example, who've been single for a long time and they can't sleep physically with someone else. Mm -hmm. So you kind of need to communicate around that. If it's more casual and if it's just like, you know, one of these, you know, your place or mine on Tinder, I think the expectation is that you leave afterward. Okay. <laughs> so you're not bringing your toothbrush. So you just do case. not bring your toothbrush to a hookup that is just like random that you've never met before and you don't have an actual connection. And if at some point you do want to bring your toothbrush, do check that out <laughs> with <Good>. the partner. <laughs> All great advice. Valentina, thank you so much for helping us uh, negotiate this minefield of dating. So it's Friday. There'll be plenty of people going out on a date tonight. Now you have a little bit of better advice. Thanks so much for coming in. Don't bring your toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Valentina Tudos, Dating and Relationships.